Good morning, Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson, with me as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, who's lived a life one can only dream, mm-hmm. Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Like a like monk-status life. I mean, just, you know, just clean perfection. Clean perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. We're not calling it the second coming of Jesus because that would be <laughs> blasphemy. We're definitely not calling it that. So we're not calling it that. No. But about as close as you can get <laughs> in human form. <laughs> what an introduction Nathaniel to the Paul show. Thurston. I'm if, just gonna keep talking you up. If it's your first day. if it's your first show listening right now, just know that it gets way worse than this. Okay, <laughs> so hang around. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We get kind of crazy when, uh, well, I get kind of crazy when I'm in a bad mood. I just decide I'm just going to say whatever because F it, right? Who yeah. cares? No, but that's not it's where because, I'm at today. Everything's going to be fine. It's because the truth is funny. Mm-hmm. That's that's why. It is. Um, and, and what he's referring to, you missed the pre-show, which turned into be a lot of personal stories that were deep, deep personal stories about Nate's clean life. Yeah. And so if you want to hear about those kinds of things... Let me read some reviews coming in right now. This just happened five minutes ago. Kayla is saying, Discord paying for itself. There you go. That's We spill the tea, as the kids say, in the pre-show. I, is that a thing? You've said it a few times today. Is that it, a thing is, that people yeah. say? Ask ask the kids. Okay. They'll tell you. Costco is only 22. Spill the tea. Tea. It's I a gotcha. thing, see? Amanda, Amanda says it's a thing. So it's definitely, definitely a thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Sometimes you spill the tea and you get a brand new nation that it takes a couple hundred years to destroy. So that's right. That's fine. <laughs> hey, let's talk about some stuff. Let's talk about we some liberty. Stop. Um, that is what we do here, by the way. It's a, it's a show about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And we tell you all the mistakes we've made so you don't make them yourself. Mm-hmm. That's life lessons. That's that. That's the pursuit of meaning there. Um. Charles, you're real big in the cryptocurrencies and investment and stuff like that. Why don't you tell everyone about Biden's executive order on it, saving all of us from the very dangerous mm. cryptocurrency market like that we've note. been a victim to? I like your note here, too. It says, while you're worried about hospitals being bombed in Ukraine, which is sad. That is, you should be worried about that. Yeah. It's well, a distraction also. You should be worried. I mean, you should feel like I feel bad. Like, Feel when a hospital empathy. gets bombed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you shouldn't bomb hospitals. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't bomb anything, but if you're going to bomb something, the hospital shouldn't be like really low on the list. Really. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but while the news is covering that, this is what your government is doing from whitehouse.gov, straight from the horse's lips. I know. I read a couple articles on it. I was like, you know what? I'm going right to the butcher's ass on this one. I'm going to get it right <laughs> from him. Okay. Also, another note, by the way, year-over-year inflation hit 7.9%. We don't need to talk about that. That's just a side. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like a side hustle. <laughs> it's like the most important thing <laughs> that there is. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. We know it's going to be way higher than that. So here we go. Everybody took like a 20% um, pay cut, but... No, that's fine. Yeah. Who cares? President Biden to sign executive order on ensuring responsible development of digital assets. <laughs> You got to make sure this is re- look already. Let me be clear, okay? They want to make sure this is responsible, common sense development 
of digital assets, even though it's been around for 10 years now. And I know what you're thinking, Charlie. If I were going to have anyone ensure responsible development of something to make sure it's the most respond if Tesla. to be most be Tesla. to be most known for its responsibleness, I would want SpaceX. the U.S. government to the U.S. government oh, the gov oh, to yeah. do it. Mm. Yeah, and whoever the hell is going to be in charge of that thing in a few years—that's who is going to thrust us into the future. Yeah. Right there. Now, here's why, folks. They say they give it to you right in the first sentence here. Digital assets have seen explosive growth in recent years, surpassing the three trillion dollar market cap last November, and up from fourteen billion just five years prior. Jesus Christ! By the way, that is dangerous. Can you 14 imagine billion to three trillion? Imagine being one of the years. people that succumbed to all of that danger over the last five years. You should have had U.S. dollars. Yeah, that seems dangerous. Mm -hmm. Surveys suggest that around 16% of adult Americans, approximately 40 million people, have invested in, traded, or used cryptocurrencies. The rise, in, which, by the way, is a big deal with taxes this year because mm. so many more people. A few years ago, you get away with not even mentioning anything about cryptocurrencies. The rise in digital assets uh, creates an opportunity to reinforce... <laughs> creates an opportunity to reinforce American leadership in the global financial system, but also has substantial implications for consumer protection, financial stability, national security, and climate risk. <laughs> so yeah, this is why all of this is so important, folks. We have to make sure that, one, you're protected, that everything main, remains financially stable. We can't have a run on the crypto bank. Mm-mm. Yeah, that would be that would be a nightmare for people. Get to reinforce American leadership. Of course, this has to do with national security. You got people buying drugs and Bitcoin and stuff. Well, and not only that, running prostitution rings. We're and, waging a sanction war on a major country in the world mm, right now. What mm -hmm. happens if they use cryptocurrencies? Yes, because that was spoken about. Just like we mentioned a couple of weeks ago here on the podcast, that they were going to end up using Russia as a reason. And of course, there's an executive order happening while all of this is going on. Isn't that amazing? And then, of course, for all you hippies out there, that's a huge climate risk. Mm -hmm. You know, Bitcoin's burning up trees. Yeah. Because it takes so much power to mine them, I think, something like that. Coal, I don't know. It does take a lot of power to mine. See, the thing is, I don't know. I need, to, I need my government to step in and help me understand these things. And refer to the experts. Exactly. On this, yeah. This is why today President Biden will sign an executive order outlining the first ever whole-of-government approach to addressing the risks and harnessing the potential benefits of digital assets and their underlying technology. Specifically, the executive order calls for measures to protect U.S. consumers, investors, and businesses. Protection. It's four-year protection. The order encourages regulators to ensure a sufficient oversight and safeguard against any systemic financial risks posed by digital assets. So it's to protect you, folks. Protect U.S. and global financial stability and mitigate systemic risk by encouraging the Financial Stability Oversight Council to identify and mitigate economy-wide financial risks posed by digital assets and to develop appropriate policy recommendations to address any regulatory gaps. Gaps. I love gap. That's where something, that's where they're not regulating something, and that's perceived as a gap. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's not that there didn't need to be a regulation. That's a regulatory gap. Right yeah, we there. should trust. They're, they've been so good with the dollar mm -hmm. over the years. Done a great job. Yeah, they have the history. Okay. 
mitigate the illicit finance and national security risks posed by the illicit use of digital assets. So all these elicitors out here. <laughs> just There's a lot of elicitation right going on. Eliciting. Mm-hmm. Eliciting. They should just put folks. up no eliciting signs everywhere. They're going to do this by directing focus of all relevant U.S. government agencies to mitigate these risks. It also directs agencies to work with our allies and partners to ensure international frameworks, capabilities, and partnerships are aligned and responsive to risks. Look, guys, we need to fuck everyone equally <laughs> across the world, okay? I'm encouraged, though, because they said they're going to direct all relevant U.S. agencies to mitigate these risks. And the good thing is there's no relevant U.S. government agencies. <laughs> oh, there are. Yeah. FBI, CIA, places without even initials. <laughs> They're going to also promote U.S. leadership in technology and economic competitiveness to reinforce U.S. leadership in the global financial system. They're doing this by directing the Department of Commerce to establish a framework to drive U.S. competitiveness and leadership in and leveraging of digital asset technologies. Why does this read like a bunch of corporate BS statements that you see in in your packets or, or whatever, like your mission statement? Just a bunch of words that corporations are supposed to say. They just It's literally giving them the green light to do whatever the yeah. hell they want <laughs> to make like it Amanda said that for you. That literally means nothing. They said nothing in that paragraph. Establish a framework to drive competitiveness and leadership and leveraging mm -hmm. of digital asset technologies. Probably to ensure domestic tranquility. <laughs> That's what it is. E-E. <clears throat> yeah. They're also going to promote equitable access to safe and affordable financial services. So all the poor people who couldn't invest in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Here we go. By affirming the critical need, critical need for safe, affordable, and accessible financial services as a U.S. national interest including disparate. Um, disparate. This is how sorry, we, we say it in Tennessee, but I don't know everyone else. Impact risk. Safe access is important for communities that have long had insufficient access to financial services. There's, there's going to be disparities, probably among racial lines, you know, because that's something that they're working on. So you got to make sure that cryptocurrency isn't racist. It's got to be equitable. Yes. Folks. They're also going to support technological advances and ensure responsible development and use of digital assets by directing the U.S. government to take concrete steps to study and support technological advances in the responsible development, design, and implementation of digital asset systems while prioritizing privacy. Your government is going to prioritize mm -hmm. privacy. Yep. Security, combating illicit exploitation, and reducing negative climate impacts. <laughs> this it's just, just I'm sorry, I keep laughing, but it's all so laughable. This is, I mean, there's a war in Ukraine, though. Mm-hmm. It's that, now, think about this one for a minute. Support technological advances and ensure responsible development. We just talked about, they just talked about how this market went from $14 billion up to $3 trillion. We got these new currencies popping up all over the place. There's miners, like cryptocurrency miners all over the place. But what they were really missing was the U.S. government supporting the technological advances that are necessary. And the research. Yes, to yeah. do this. Mm -hmm. If not for what they're about to do, this market would have never existed. <laughs> and later on in history, by the way, because these timelines all get muddied together, 
when you look at this, you'll say, oh, well, look, see, it was Biden's executive order that supported technological advances uh, that actually was able to let this cryptocurrency market come into existence in the first place. Mm -hmm. They used, uh, see, look at that, that crypto miner got uh, $200 million from the government right there. And if it wouldn't have been for that, then we would have never had Bitcoin in the first damn place. It's amazing to me that this market has been basically left alone for 10 years, is thriving. Mm -hmm. Unbelievably. Now, have people lost money? Yeah, that that happens. Investing is risky. Doesn't matter what it is. Um, but have people become enormously wealthy or has it created an entirely new industry, essentially, that's functioning perfectly fine on its own? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's why they have to come in that's and address the regulatory gaps. Mm-hmm. Which so, basically there are no regulations. Yeah. So now they're the, the entire yeah. market is a gap mm -hmm. of regulation for them. Here's my favorite one, folks. Because what would we do? What would we do without the feds? Explore a US central bank digital currency, the CBDC, by placing urgency on research and development of a potential United States CBDC should issuance be deemed in the national interest. Now let me tell you right now. It will be deemed in the national interest. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is not should be deemed. It is definitely within the national interest of the United States to create their own central bank digital currency so that they can force you to purchase that instead of any other digital currency while they basically regulate the other ones to death. Well, they're basically seen as a large market for people's capital that has popped up. And there's a bunch of money in it, and they want to compete. And the way that the government competes is they have regulatory authority over everything because they've given that to themselves over time. So they're going to come in, and they're going to hamper the competition while creating their own cryptocurrency, essentially. And so that's what, that's what they're going to do, is they're going to control the competition and create their own currency because they don't like that that's where people's money has been going. That's essentially it. But bombs are dropping on <clears throat> hospitals, which is sad. It is sad. It is sad, but it, it there's no coincidence that this is when they are releasing some of these things. This is when they're making some of these decisions. Of course, I think the sanctions on Russia have a lot to do with how they're going to be able to push these executive or orders on cryptocurrency. They'll be able to argue that Russia is going to be able to use cryptocurrency and still be able to do all the things that we're trying to sanction from them. And so uh, if you don't support this, then you support Russia or you you basically are fine with the deaths of all the people in the hospital in Ukraine that got bombed. Mm -hmm. Their so, blood is on your hands mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. your digital wallet. Yours and Trump's hands. Mm -hmm. That's where it is. Okay. And other completely coincidental news with what's came out, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the news, pretty much dominating the news cycle. If the news isn't talking about Russia, Ukraine, then that's actually just putting uh, profits, economics before lives or whatever it is. So they got to talk about that. I was going to go through this Twitter thread real quick from Representative Chip Roy, Texas. Okay. So we got this big up, old, Chip? got this big old, Omnibus spending bill, $1.5 trillion, actually. So he said, folks, every day on the show, you hear us interacting with our friends in the private Discord group 
We've got a new way for you to join, and that's by going to joingml.com or clicking the link in the show description. You can join for as little as six bucks a month, pay for a year if you want a 15% discount, pay more if you want to show that you actually care about the future, or get a lifetime membership to obtain the coveted Real Libertarian label in the private group. We're able to do this show every day of the week when we want with the support of our sponsors and with the help of people like you who want to do your part to get the message of limited government and individual liberty out to the masses. The link opens up to our private Discord server. If you don't know, Discord is a very popular free app with over 200 million users. So if you don't have an account that takes 10 seconds to make one, then you can pay using a credit card or PayPal to watch our show live every day. Don't wait for other people to take action. That's how we got here in the first place. So go to joingml.com. That's join the letter G and then M and then L because this is Good Morning Liberty or click the link in the description. Now back to the show. Here's your swamp spending thread. Number one, we were sent vote times and omnibus spending bill at 2.30 a.m. This is on March 9th. So this is yesterday, I guess, at 2.30 a.m. It is 2,700 pages, and we vote at 10 a.m. Top-line spending appears to be $1.512 trillion. We are told it is a 6% increase year-over-year, not counting Ukraine or COVID support. We can't identify their baseline for saying 6% increase. It appears higher, but we cannot tell. We are aware of zero actual changes to the USA oil and gas restrictions. We are aware of zero changes to COVID vax mandates. Uh, moving on here, we have not been able to comb through earmarks, but it's likely there are earmarks one way or the other. The supplemental Ukraine money is $13.6 billion, has had zero meaningful debate about what this means. Is this war engagement effectiveness? What's it actually going to do? There's $15.6 billion in COVID supplemental. I had heard that they had actually substituted the COVID money for the Ukraine money. I saw a story about that. I don't know if that's the case for sure. We're also voting on the ban on Russian oil with no changes to the limits on USA oil, which means higher gas prices and or money to Venezuela or Iran, question mark. That's from Chip right there. <clears throat> Here are 10 major takeaways from the $1.5 trillion omnibus spending bill. The measure includes funding boosts for nearly every agency in the government. Mm. The bill would increase non-defense discretionary spending by 6.7%. Now, remember, our debt, I, I know that's a weird thing to talk about because it doesn't matter. It's just a right-wing fascist talking point, actually, when you talk about the debt. That's that's all it really is. Uh, the debt's what, over $30 trillion now? Something like that? You want me to pull up the debt clock? Pretty massive deficit that uh, that we're dealing with right now. We've got runaway inflation at the moment. But you know what? We're going to increase all the discretionary spending by 6.7%, and defense spending is going to go up by 6%. Our national debt is <clears throat> uh, $30 trillion, $308 billion Okay. And counting. It's $241,000 per taxpayer. Nice. Mm. Uh, Currently, our deficit right now is uh, $2.85 trillion. Yeah, who cares? That's what our deficit is. We'll just print some money for it. Our federal spending is at $6.9 trillion. Jeez. And the revenue is at $4 trillion. I'll tell you what, if we measured the success of this podcast by the uh, size of the federal budget, 
then it's a total failure. Let's <laughs> just say it's gone up a lot since we started this podcast. Biden, in his budget request, sought a 16% boost for domestic agencies, but Democrats agreed to bring that total down and meet Republican demands for parity in defense and domestic spending. This is the unholy alliance that we have heard Rand Paul talk about so much. They ask for a lot of increases in spending. The Republicans say, we're not going to do that much, but you need to increase defense spending. They end up meeting in the middle of what likely as a negotiating tactic was a heavily inflated number so they can meet in the middle at a, an amount that is still way too much. Lawmakers include funding to meet specific requests of many, agency, of many agencies, including money for hiring pushes, pay adjustments, and implementation of new policy initiatives. They got to adjust for inflation. <clears throat> Here's some of the stuff in the 2,700-page bill. Climate. Lawmakers set aside more than $20 billion for climate research and resiliency efforts. The NOAA would see an 8% increase for climate change efforts. Congress provided a 24% boost to the Assistance to Coal Communities Program. This is under climate. Why is it under climate? I went ahead and pulled this up real quick. Assistance to Coal Communities. 2017, the Economic Development Administration awarded $30 million to support 35 projects in 16 states. The funding assisted locally driven efforts to communities and regions severely impacted by the declining use of coal. Okay, so that's... So we're subsidizing. Yeah. We're, we're telling them they can't use it, and then we're paying to the coal communities uh, for all the lost ec economic development they would have had. Anyway, the Defense Department, Interior Department of Loan Programs, the state and local governments will see higher spending on efforts to fight climate change. The Energy Department's Office of Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy will see its funding spike by 12%. Right there, okay, 12%, that's hardly anything. Other scientific research, Congress formally approved and funded Biden's requested Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health providing $1 billion to stand up the new office with the National Institutes of Health. More agencies. There we go. That's and what we need. And, and more pandemics, I think. Oh, God, please don't, please don't make any more viruses. The agency will focus on developing scientific breakthroughs on diseases such as ALS, Alzheimer's, diabetes, and cancer. The National Science Foundation will see its largest funding increase in 12 years with a budget jumping by 4%. The whole building's vibrating. There's some right kind now. of noise going on. I can hear that. Yeah. Pandemic preparedness. The CDCP is set to see its funding increase by 7%. The strategic national stockpile receive a 20% bump, while the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority will see a 25% boost to support further research and development of vaccines and therapeutics. There's no way that the vaccine companies have any money available mm. after the last couple of years to, to do it. We actually need to take money from the taxpayers for that. That's what you got to support for the IRS. The IRS is poised to receive its largest funding increase in more than 20 years. About a third of the 6% boost would go to taxpayer services, where lawmakers are authorizing new direct hire authority to help the agency address its unprecedented backlogs and poor customer service. Which is so true. Another third would go to tax enforcement. My CPA told me today, uh, or, uh, last week, that in 2020, there were 300 million, 300 million returns. Which filed. is weird because that's almost as many people as there are yes. in the U.S. That's a, that's a lot. Now, what would the incentive <clears throat> be for 
that many returns to be filed in a single year. Probably some COVID money, I would say. Oh, yeah. Maybe stimulus. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. you needed a tax return to get your stimulus checks, your stimmies. Stimmy checks. Boosting. Boo- they still haven't gone through all of the returns from 2020. You guys remember the campaign going on in 2020 that was going on? Well, Biden and Harris, they were all about boosting law enforcement. Lawmakers are funding both oversight of federal law enforcement and more officers overall. The Community-Oriented Policing Services Program is set to see a 31% boost, while grants to state and local governments to help law enforcement prevent and respond to crime would increase 15%. I'm not saying that that's the worst thing to spend money on inside of your budget or whatever. I'm not talking about cops or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about... Jesus, don't pay attention to a single freaking thing these people say when they're running for election. Can anyone understand that yet? Don't listen to a single word they say. That's all they're trying to do is buy your vote from you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Following Biden's request, Customs and Border Protection would receive $74 million to beef up its Office of Professional Responsibility staffing. (laughs) That's the one uh, training people not to whip people with their horse reins. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Federal officer pay and hiring, while the Customs and Border Protection would see an overall spending decrease, it received $100 million to hire new Border Patrol officers, as well as to offer recruitment and retention bonuses. The Bureau of Prisons would receive nearly $200 million, more than Biden's request to sustain and increase its hiring efforts. The DEA will receive new funds to reverse its decline in staffing levels. Probably to help the Bureau of Prisons. Pretty soon everyone's going to work for the federal government. <laughs> I do. I think like a year, it's been a year or so ago that, that that's something that they naturally work towards. They they take all the money from the private sector. They offer these ridiculous pensions and benefits and mm-hmm. health care and all that and, and sometimes better pay, although you have to deal with working for the federal government and all that. And eventually they just bring everyone, just nationalize everyone. And it's impossible to <clears> fire you. So. Yeah. The U.S. Capitol Police will receive a 17% funding boost to hire 2,000 new officers and 400 civilian staff. To prevent the travesty of Jan 6. Mm-hmm. We don't want another Jan 6. Mm-hmm. Federal firefighting. The Agriculture Department's Forest Service, Service will receive a 6% increase to its base funding level, plus $2 billion from the Wildfire Suppression Operations Reserve. The funding surge will radically improve forest restoration and fire reduction efforts. So you got to clean your florist. Mm-hmm. And that that's what they're working on it, right now. This is all to go to brooms. DHS. A, a big broom project. <laughs> <laughs> the Department of Homeland Security. Lawmakers allocated $57.5 billion to the H to the Homeland Security Department, an increase of 10% to its discretionary budget. I like it when they separate stuff out. You can always use whichever budget sounds the best for mm-hmm. whatever you're writing. Congress approved a 6% bump for Immigrations and Customs Enforcement. 6% bump for ICE. Mm. Just saying. The U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services is set to receive a 220% funding spike. Jesus. Transportation and Infrastructure. The Transportation Department's budget is set to go up by 17%. It will see an extra $3 billion for climate resiliency and greenhouse gas reduction efforts. Mm. 
That's what we need. Notice that is separate from the $20 billion they talked about <clears throat> earlier. But, and the Indian Health Service. The Indian Health Service, that's not for people from India, by the way. It's American. Just, just in case anyone's... Because this is America. That's for Native Americans and Native Alaskans, I saw. What about Native Illinoisans? <laughs> yeah, what's, what about Native Hawaiians? What's the difference? Come on. Indian Health Service growth. They received nearly $100 million for staffing at new facilities and $260 million to build those facilities. <laughs> this follows a $240 million sur- dollar surge for hiring coming from COVID-19 relief funds mm. that they already had. So that has already ballooned up to, let's see, the total here, three to five, six hundred million million right there. Go into that. So... Anyway, the good news is, from what I can tell, we got plenty of money. We don't need to worry about anything. Mm-mm. Everything's fine. Exactly. <clears throat> this is Putin. This is uh, Putin's fault. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I read about. We need to be worried about Putin 6,000 <clears throat> miles away. <clears throat> well, While actually, no, they're only 53 miles now, from Alaska. This, so This is past the House. Um, it hasn't passed the Senate yet, but... It's expected to pass the Senate. Yeah, expected. Because we have... The one point five trillion laying around. Mm-hmm. It's just laying around, so we might as well use it and spend it to the best of our ability. And this seems—I mean, I couldn't come up with better things. Don't worry, think. we're going to be getting all that CBDC money coming in. Mm. We can spend whatever we want. Yes, people are just going to hand over their dollars. Exactly. All right, and going on about this, this from the Hill: lawmakers feast on pork. In the omnibus. I wonder what Sassy with Massey had to say about this. Probably some good stuff I haven't seen. The $1.5 trillion, 3,000-page omnibus spending package is loaded with funding for lawmakers' pet projects, some of which could help incumbents in this fall's elections. Passing it right before the elections this fall. Mm. The legislation includes more than 4,000 earmarks that spanned 367 pages, one of the biggest winners was New York, thanks to Senate Majority Leader Chucky Erection Schumer, who was up for re-election this year. Imagine that. Hmm. Imagine that. Schumer's name is attached to 59 earmarks, totaling nearly $80 million in the omnibus transportation and HUD section alone. Some of the earmarks provide millions of dollars, more than what the Biden administration even requested. It includes $5.9 million for Dunkirk Harbor on Lake Erie, $5 million more than the $680,000 requested by the administration. Can we go over that math real quick? Yeah. So I'm, <clears throat> hey, Nate, can I borrow $600,000? Sure, man. Here's $5.9 million. Oh, thanks. I didn't need that, but I really appreciate it. And you see, that is how bills are passed right mm-hmm. there. Senator Mike Braun from Indiana, who was closely tracking the number of earmarks in the package, said he counted a total of 142 earmarks linked to Schumer's name in the massive package. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle are scrambling to figure out what's in the bill, which didn't become available to the public until early Wednesday morning. They Law- say to the public. It's yeah, to the also public. the lawmakers. That had lawmakers the and the general public had little idea of what earmarks would be included in the package before the final vote which leaders hope to hold before 11.59 p.m. Friday to prevent a government shutdown. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell did not request congressional earmarks. 
Defenders of earmarks point out that including lawmakers' pet projects gives them skin in the game and more incentive to vote for government funding bills. No shit. Duh. <laughs> That's what it's for. Yeah. Put my name here next to this. Look. That's the defense. Let me show you. It makes them more likely to vote for the bill. <laughs> That's the defense. While the more than 4,000 earmarks in the omnibus spending bill sounds like a lot, the total is still fewer than the 9,000 earmarks included in the fiscal 2010 appropriations bill that passed before the House Republicans adopted an earmark ban after taking over the lower chamber in the 2010 midterm election. So Yeah. Um, do we- <laughs> You remember, uh, have you ever heard of a, uh, listen, let me just ask you this. Do you think that that money, let's just use Senator Schumer as an example. Does anyone really think that that money, that hundreds of millions of dollars is not connected <clears throat> to campaign donations? No. To his reelection campaign. Okay. Making sure. Because that would be bad. You know, that would be, uh. It would be well. It's almost like a quid pro quo kind mm, of thing. Collusion. That's uh, uh, that's corruption. Fraud. I mean, heck, look at the old Rob Lagojevich. You know, used to be in prison, mm. not there anymore. You know, he was uh, he was found guilty of doing stuff like that. There's no way that any of this money is ever tied to money that's given to these people for the reelection at all. Mm-mm. Okay. There's no way it's possible, Nate. I just wanted to make sure. Because I would have been worried if that were the case. Mm. All right. This is your money, folks, by the way. But wait, there's more. From from, uh, this this screenshot right here is from that uh, BizPack review site again, which is pretty good. Congress sends $107 billion uh, postal service overhaul bill. It's the $107 billion postal service overhaul bill to Biden's desk. And they're saying the bill is not a bailout. So... A sweeping bill that will overhaul the U.S. Postal Service's finances and allow the agency to modernize its service is headed to Biden's desk. The Postal Service Reform Act has enjoyed a rare wave of bipartisan support. By the way, the omnibus bill did too. And anytime Republicans and Democrats come together to agree on something, it's bad. Just so you know, it's generally bad. Mm. And Jeff says our money has already been spent. This is our grandkids' money. Yeah. Uh, it's really their, it's like their kids' money. <laughs> yeah. It's great, Garen. It's, it's, we're going into the greats now. Yep. So uh, what's in the bill? The Postal Service Reform Act will require, now there is one weird thing. I think it was a little, a little bit much. There is one weird thing that they have to do that actually accounts for a lot of the reason they've been losing money. They offer uh, some pretty ridiculous retirement and health care to their employees, and they're required to front 75 years worth of that payout that they would have to do for each of those employees. That They had to have it, like fronted. So you give it to the employee? No. <laughs> no, you don't give it to the employee so they can use it. No, you've got, uh, they, oh, keep they keep it. it. Yeah, they mm. keep it. Yeah. Jeez, that w- that's ridiculous. Come on, man. Okay, so the Postal Service Reform Act will require retired postal employees to enroll in Medicare when eligible. 
while dropping a previous mandate that forced the agency to cover its health care costs years in advance. That was the one I was just talking about. So now you got to switch over to Medicare. It was optional for you to do that. Those two measures would save the USPS nearly $50 billion over 10 years, according to the House Oversight Committee. Now, just to be clear, when they talk about saving money by switching people to Medicare, they mean they're going to shift an expense that they have inside of the USPS budget over to the Medicare budget. Exactly. That's the money saving that is occurring mm-hmm. inside of this, is they're going to take it from this little side and they're going to put it over here. Still spending the Boom. same money. Boom. Save money. That's awesome. <laughs> the legislation will also require the USPS create an online dashboard with local and national delivery time data. Okay. So... Amazon was required mm-hmm. by law <laughs> to create their dashboards and text updates and stuff that they give you. That's actually why they made it where they did, was that <laughs> law that was passed back in the late 90s, forcing Amazon to create a better website for people to see. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Same same with UPS and, and FedEx. FedEx yeah. yeah. Same thing. DHS. Couple ran- DHL, sorry. God, I forgot about DHL. Is that still a thing? It is, yeah. yeah. That's, um, that's how I got my Indochino suit. Okay. It's DHL. A few things come DHL. I haven't seen a DHL truck in, in a Coon's age, which is D- roughly two years, by the way. DHL is, uh, it's the yellow. What's it called? I can't remember what it's called. If you, you Delivery. Should... Yeah. Home. Logistics. I bet you that's it. <laughs> that's got to be it right there. Yeah. Yeah. So when you see the trucks, <laughs> DHL is yellow. It's not an answer. It is an answer. What color is you uh, the UPS? Brown. Everybody knows it's brown. What yeah. color is FedEx? White. White and purple. Or blue. Everybody and knows like that. Some kind of orange thing. I don't know. Or purple. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's purple. DHL is just like UPS or FedEx, just a smaller company. Yeah, it's just a different. But typically, name. if you get things from overseas, like China and stuff, that. A lot of times it comes by DHL Express, mm. by the way. That driver had to drive a long way to get over here then. So I've gotten a few things from them. A couple of random facts that don't matter. When comparing to UPS, um, they've spent $75 billion over the last year. Uh, this is 107. Over the last 10 years, sorry. Uh, this was a $107 billion 10-year plan, of course, for uh, for USPS. UPS has spent $75 billion over the last 10 years. Those are their expenditures over the last 10 years. They profited $44 billion from the $681 billion in revenue from their $75 billion in expenditures that they have, and they profited $44 billion. UPS has lost about $55 to $60 billion over the last 10 years, and they took in over $700 billion over that time when it comes to their budget and the amount that people pay to do stuff. And they lost $55 billion over that time. So. I'm going to go home now. <laughs> you know what? what I don't. We should the, get more money. We're in the wrong industry. Yeah. Nate. Should work for the government. Like, why are we trying so hard to do things the right way? Can we when create- I could operate a company, get money from the government, and it doesn't matter whether I make money or lose money. Does the government have a podcast? They you need do that? one. Well, probably MSNBC and CNN, technically. No, they need a gover- official government yeah. podcast. Probably the highest paid podcasters in the world. 
NPR probably his podcast. I guess well, maybe that's one. Maybe on paper we would be paid for what the benefits would be mm-hmm. impressive, and we could probably apply for grants to to study climate change. Well, it'll be probably. yeah. Of course, climate change will be part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. We would be mm-hmm. probably the wing of the communications director. We Jen Saki would be our boss. Yeah, that should be awesome. Well, this would be housed under the FCC, I guess. Something yeah. like that. It was just getting the right information out to people. Be the official word of President Biden in podcast form. That's a good idea. Yes, we get some money from that. Mm. Uh, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, it's fine. Okay. Uh, I don't. Well, we got eight minutes left. I mean, this little. I I forgot what time it was. I wasn't even looking. This at little the throwaway story right here. This is a good thing, though. I wish more people would do this, like Georgia Dude, Governor Kemp is doing. We're going to end it on a good note. This here. is a. Good thing. Look at this. This is coming from Faux News, Fox News, folks. Those people are crazy over there. Georgia Governor Kemp announces plan to temporarily halt state gas tax. This is also happening in Florida, I saw as well, um, in October. Republican Georgia Governor Brian Kemp on Wednesday announced his intention to work with the Georgia General Assembly to temporarily suspend the state's excise tax on motor fuel sales. Kemp will work to take measures to alleviate the burden placed on Georgians. By the government? By the government. I love it when the government admits that the government's a burden. Mm. That's great. Uh, Georgia collects uh, about 28.7 cents per gallon, according to the American Petroleum Institute. With federal and state taxes and fees included, uh, you pay Georgia, you pay an extra almost 56 cents extra per gallon of gas in the Peach State. So while gas is four dollars a gallon, it's really only three forty. That would help. That would help a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Sure. Because of our strong, fiscally conservative approach to budgeting, Lieutenant Governor Duncan, Speaker Ralston, and I can confidently propose a state motor fuel tax suspension to curb sky high gas prices while also returning money back to hardworking Georgians through a tax refund and an income tax cut. With this latest measure, we are making it even more clear that Georgia, uh, that in Georgia, we are going to empower families to keep their money in their own pockets. This next part is really along with this, but this is California pumps out the highest state gas tax rate of 60, basically 67 cents per gallon. Just the California state tax. Mm. So by the time you add on the feds and everything else and fees, it's probably close to a dollar. An extra dollar a gallon. Followed by Illinois, almost 60 cents. Pennsylvania, 59 cents. New Jersey, 50 cents. The lowest state gas tax rates can be found in Alaska because people walk there. 15 cents. Followed by Missouri, 17 and a half cents. And Mississippi at 18.8 cents. Yeah, that's not too bad. So... Went ended on a decent note. It's like in Tennessee when they do the tax-free weekend, yeah, to incentivize people to go out and spend money. A little economic stimulus for the state. It's just impressive how the government realizes. But but if they were they were to do this all the time, Nate, mm. where would we have the money to spend one point five trillion dollars on all this that that we need to spend? Well, they wouldn't have any roads. Would be the main problem. I think. I think that's probably it. Yeah, because that's have any roads. There would be no military. There wouldn't be any police. You know, I saw a story too that 
the uh, so actually somebody sent this to us on Instagram where um, this guy says, hey, I work for a credit union and we were doing some of the PPP loans and they released, I guess, the third or fourth wave, whatever it is, of PPP loans. Um, and essentially now you can qualify for forgiveness of a PPP loan if you use those funds for some of the damages caused by the riots and looting that happened during the BLM protest of 2020. Oh, it's fine. They've so, got insurance. So, yeah. So now you're, so now the tax money that was supposed to pay p- for police and roads and things like that, and they didn't actually stop any of the damage or the rioting or the looting. Now more tax money is being put in place so that you can fix all the stuff that happened from those folks. So it's all to keep you safe, Charlie. I don't know why you're anti-society so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like Tennessee's a pretty good state as far as the um, the amount of theft is concerned. Twenty-seven cents per gallon. Yeah, I guess that's right in the middle of the road, right there. That's not too bad. Although I will tell you, when Haslam was governor for eight years, um, the Haslam brothers own Flying J and Pilot. They they switched how the gas tax was collected. What they did is they basically made it to where you collected the gas tax at the pump, but you didn't have to pay it every month to the government. You got to hold on to it for the whole year. Mm. So now they can invest that and make another stream of revenue before they pay it to the government, which I think is good. Sure. I think it's good. If I could hold on to my money and invest it and make a return on it before I had to pay the government, at least... There's a little bit less there. That's what the government attempts to do with your money before they give back some of the refunds. That's, well, yeah. They just take it and they lose some of it. They <laughs> give you back some of it, but, that's you know, the problem. They don't win, in, win in Rome. They don't invest it very well. <laughs> I did see Airbnb. Um, so Airbnb doesn't pay the host until, like, you have to pay the money up front, or at least half of it, usually. They don't pay the host until you, till you actually complete your stay. And so they hold... Uh, I believe it when Airbnb released their numbers, they had $59 million in investment income from holding on to the host's money. So pretty good, good revenue stream there. And it's an idea for if you want to start a business. Starbucks is doing the same thing with their, I don't know, $10 billion that people have loaded onto their Starbucks cards. Nice. Such a good idea. They're creating their own little banks. Anyway. All right, no, let's no go. No gas tax in Georgia, which is nice. So sounds like you need to move to Georgia. Anyway, if y'all enjoyed today's episode about how the government is completely screwing you over while we're worried about the bombs dropping in Ukraine, which is a big deal. I don't like it. Yemen, too. The war everywhere. We're, we're anti-war people. Go to antiwar.com to <laughs> check out the latest from Scott Horton and his fine folks who do an amazing job on foreign policy. Um, we, are, we are anti-war. We don't like it. I don't like people dying. I don't like hospitals being bombed. But while all that's happening, we just gave you the scoop on how the government is just raw dogging you. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. Against, yep. Without your permission, by the way. And I say no means no. Right? Whatever yeah. happened to that? So anyway, if you enjoyed all that, then make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Hit that little follow button. Leave us a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Sign up at joingml.com to tell Nate how good he looks. Because you can't see him unless you sign up and get be part of the live group. Because we go on, we're we're live on camera with uh with our mean mugs and Nate needs some encouragement. I do. He feeds. 
off of it. Otherwise, he may not be here. So come in and give Nate a good word. And that's joingmail.com. If you do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow for some dumb bleep of the week. I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.